0: We're gonna back chat with Miss Barbecue, your friendly neighborhood drag queen. I am so excited to have here in our studio Miss Pandora Box from RuPaul's Drag Race, season
1: two. Anybody that's eaten my cherry pie raves about it. How's the crust? (laughs) Crispy (laughs) and a little tender in the middle. And the fruit? Always ripe. Is it juicy, Pandora? It's overflowing with juices. Would you say your cherry pie was succulent? I would say it's succulent and a bit moist.
2: (laughs) You getting hungry, Kim? I'm getting hungry.
1: (laughs) Welcome,
0: Pandora. Hi. Hey there. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. I was doing some research on you. uh I was like, well, let me Google her and see the stuff you've done. You've done so much in different realms. Music, theater, television, of course, from RuPaul's Drag Race. But you've been on a role where you're taking your drag. I saw you got
1: started in New York. In Rochester, New in York. In Rochester, yeah. New
0: York at a club called Infinity? Is uh
1: right? So where'd you get <laughs> yeah, started, girl? no, that was the very first club I performed at. I had done drag, I think like a couple months before at a drag party where everyone was getting in drag, or a couple of people were getting in drag and other drag queens were putting them in drag. So I went there, but I was very coy, like, well, maybe, I don't know if I want to do it or not, but I really, I did, so.
0: <laughs> well, everybody's gotten in drag for the first time. And sometimes it sticks, sometimes it doesn't. What with you made it going, I want to do this?
1: It certainly wasn't the way that I looked because I was ugly. Um, (laughs) Were you a booger girl? Only because I was dating the drag queen and put me in drag, I was dating her ex-boyfriend and they weren't really exes, and I didn't really know that. And he came to the party with me and I was like, oopsie. So she made me look real, real, real ugly. (laughs) (laughs) So I think really what made me want to do it is because I really did want to do it. Like, I really wanted to get up on stage. I really wanted to perform. I had done theater, like, all my life. So that was the drive behind it because it certainly wasn't how I looked the first time.
0: Now, did you always see drag and theater coming together naturally
1: or did you always keep them separate? Um, I always
0: kept them separate, and now I'm bringing them together.
1: Well, I didn't even know that drag was really a thing, you can do, like a, I'm going to say career, but at the beginning it's like, here's a dollar, thank you for coming out. Right. So yeah, no, I guess I did always want to combine them, because it is a form of theater, basically. Where do you get your ideas for your theater projects? I wrote a lot when I was a kid, and a lot of times I was too shy to speak, so I wrote it out and wrote things, and When I was in the fifth grade, we had to write letters to our teacher, and we could write whatever we wanted to, and I wrote in the letter, I'm like, what if a student wanted to write a play and put it on for the school, could that happen? And she said, yes, we could do that. So I wrote a play called The Trouble with Christmas, and we performed it at our school. How old were you then? Whatever you are in fifth grade. Ten? Ten? Ten ten years old? yeah.
0: Wow. So you have been influenced by the arts since you were a child. Yeah. Were you in your own world? Did you have a bunch of friends? Were you that loner?
1: I think I felt like I was a loner, especially as I got older. We moved in second grade, like halfway through, and the new school was a little tougher. I was getting picked on, and before I never really experienced that. So I think I felt like I was a loner, but I did have friends, so I wasn't really a loner. It was just, it was a lot of inner turmoil going on in my mind. A lot of angsty stuff going on. Well, yeah, and just because I think I didn't get myself. I didn't understand that you could be gay. That wasn't on my radar, and I think I was also, like, asexual at a certain point in time. So it's like, I didn't think about it, and we didn't know any gay people, and all I knew is that people were picking on me for this. And it wasn't really on TV a lot. So I watched, like, Carol Burnett and Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin, and I just wanted to be like them. And I didn't realize that I was going to dress up like a woman and kind of be like them, but I just really admired them. And they made me laugh and made me feel a little warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> there are very few times where you're really, really
0: serious in your work. Do you see humor as a way of putting your
1: message across? At this point, even if I try to do it that it's remotely serious, people just think I'm funny. So <laughs> um, I can't really, I, I can't escape it. Even if I do like a, just a normal lip sync number and go out there and it's supposed to be serious, eventually, within like a minute, it's going to be funny because they're just waiting for it. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, sometimes you just have to give people what they want. And I think that definitely comedy was a uh, defense mechanism when I was younger I guess I'm just naturally funny.
0: Are you funny at home? Like with your family, with your boyfriend? Or
1: <clears throat> My boyfriend would probably say no, because sometimes <laughs> I'm cranky. Because I don't know if you know, but this business can be tough sometimes. No. So this bi- it, yeah, drag this, this business is tough? This business called show can be tough. So sometimes at home, especially if I've been traveling, I'm tired and grouchy. And so unfortunately, he gets the brunt of it because we live together. Yeah, I'm sure he probably would rather have the show me sometimes, too. What's the best and what's the worst part of drag? I think the best part is just being able to entertain people. And you kind of are the master of your own destiny. Like, you can kind of pick what you want to do. Like, if you're doing a number, you're in total control of it at the bar. You can do whatever you want, really. And I think the worst part... Oh, there's so many... <laughs>
0: now are you writing on your music? Cooter and, and 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 the shady song and you've done some funny stuff. Do you ever want to
1: do serious stuff? would you ever do a ballad? Or... <laughs> the immediate answer is no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because I do what I call it light singing. You know, like, I'm not an amazing singer, uh-huh. but I, I like to sing, and I really, really love doing music because it goes back to my childhood of singing to Madonna locked in my bedroom for, like, hours, and Cyndi Lauper, and Shire, sure. And uh, Tina Turner. So it stems from my love of music and me wanting to be a pop star. (laughs) It's not going to happen, but I can create music. Are you an only child? No, I have a sister. You do have a sister.
0: sister. Oh, so Wikipedia was right. (laughs) Sometimes they're right. So
1: so, so you you have a little sister? I do, yeah. You have a little sister. Are you close? Yeah, we are. I don't see her as often. Um, but she—actually, my mom and my sister were coming out to spend some time in L.A.
0: So. Oh, nice. What do they feel about your choice of profession and so forth?
1: Before you blew up. <laughs> I think before—it took my mother a little while to grasp the concept of it. I think she thought I was a prostitute at first. <laughs> but then I took her to a show. I took her to a regular, just a drag show I wasn't in. And she liked it. She's like, "Oh, it's kind of like theater. You know, you're up there performing." And she goes, "But are all the drag queens this old?" And because it was an older drag queen show, and I'm like, "No, I'm like, this is—we called it the Jurassic Drag Show that night." But <laughs> it's terrible now that I'm over 22. I um, you're over 22. I'm over Wikipedia. Over. You need to fix that. <laughs> So, and then she came and saw my show and she was kind of nervous, but they said, "Oh, are you mama box? And she said, yes. And so they brought her to her table and fed her drinks and she liked the VIP treatment of it. So every time she comes to a club now, she's like, do I get that VIP treatment this time? I'm like, mm, now I see why you're like, drag. <laughs> Well, It's almost like coming out
0: all over again. When I came out to my mom that I was queer, that was one thing. Then I came out to her as a drag queen. And it was like a whole nother getting used to kind of deal. Yeah. And even with friends, when it's a hobby and it's Halloween, it's okay and we can all have fun. But when you start performing more and doing more stuff, there's a ebb and flow with friendships. Have you found it hard to keep friends as you're going on in your career?
1: I think that I'm lucky in the aspect that a lot of the friends that I have, I've had for a very long time, and a lot of the friends I have, we kind of grew up together in our second childhood in the clubs, and we all worked in this club together and and it was a smaller city, so you kind of knew everybody there. so I think I'm fortunate in that I still talk to all these friends, and I still even talk to some of the friends that I had in high school, and they were also there when I first started doing drag, so it's kind of like they've all been a part of the birth of Pandora, and so it's Good. And I'm thankful that I have all these friends. The thing that makes it difficult is because we don't live in the same city. But that's the only real reason I like Facebook. Because <laughs> oh, sometimes man. I'm like, <laughs> yuck. But I like it because I can keep up with everybody. Certainly being on RuPaul's Drag Race did affect some relationships and some friendships. And everybody's been generally supportive of it. But there have been a few people that, what's the word? I guess maybe jealous, or maybe just didn't like my new life. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to phrase it really nicely. As <laughs> no. you, no, what, what, you what, hear what, me, what, what, like, pausing, the I'm like, hair, there, there were haters.
0: <laughs> there, there were haters Yeah, and
1: not, like, hate-hate, but there was definitely... Not goodwill towards you. Yeah. There was definitely a different vibe between us, and I could feel it. And I'm like, okay, well, I... Could imagine this was going to happen. Did you have to
0: develop a whole new skill set of how to handle that? Because when you do bigger things and stuff and people do come around you, there is a certain... I've had it in my own experience. I went out and did a movie, a couple of movies, and I go back to the clubs, and there are queens who remain nameless who want to put barbecue in her place or <laughs> let you know what we used to call you. Or do you remember that time you fell off the stage? And da-da? I'm like, really, girl? We're going to do this now? There are certain queens who want to let you know we know your real name, <laughs> kind of stuff. <laughs> um,
1: I think there's definitely that, but I think that people have done that to me my whole life, so it's been constant. So it's like, <laughs> oh, really? So it's it's fine. I'm used to it, but I don't think that anybody's been that bad. And I think for me, at least, being on Drag Race and being nice on the show, yeah, you on Miss Congeniality, I right? Did. Yes. Voted on by the fans. That's right. Which is is amazing. And sometimes I have to focus that instead of losing twice on the show. Um, (laughs) I didn't say that. But the good thing about that, and also because I think that people could tell that I came from a comedic drag background. So when I met queens in other cities, everybody was really nice to me because they thought, well, we're going to like her because she's one of us. She hasn't just like, oh, I'm 10 years old and I put a dress on here. I'm ready. ready." I 10s and... Yeah, I should work on that comedy a bit a little bit. But, you know, <laughs> like a teenager, like, here I put two pasties on and I'm a queen. So it's been great because everywhere I've gone, the queens are amazing. And I think also they realize that I appreciate it because I certainly appreciate local drag queens and working their ass off because that's what I was. That's what I did. This is Back Chat with
0: Miss Barbecue, your friendly neighborhood drag queen. And we're here in the studio with Pandora Box. I was talking to a friend of mine about... How I can get on stage, be in front of 5,000 people and be fine, but put me in a room of 10 people out of drag, I get really introverted. Yeah, Pandora, out of drag, do you find yourself reserved, quiet?
1: Yeah, completely. That's why sometimes people think I'm a bitch, because I'm not saying anything. And sometimes, even when I'm in drag and I'm put in like a social situation, I'm a little awkward because I don't want to disappoint people. And... I say that I am an introverted extrovert, extrovert. <laughs> because, it, yeah, I can totally do it on stage and I can totally do it. But, yeah, you put me in that room. Sometimes I'm like, oh, God, I get like nervous and anxiety attacks. And I'm like, oh. Also, as a creative type of person, we internalize things a little more. Often it creates really amazing work, but I think that's my We keep it bottled up, and at least for me, that's always been a thing, that sometimes I keep things too bottled up to the point that they're detrimental. Then with RuPaul's Drag Race, there is the pressure of they're expecting you to be a certain way, and if you're not, then you're a bitch. You have to be like almost superhuman because you're going to offend somebody no matter what you do. That's just going to happen because you can't be everything to everybody. And I think for me, a lot of times in... Social situations or meet and greets, I come across a little cold, but it's more because I'm like, like, I'm just terrified. And I get terrified of big crowds of people surrounding me. And it's mistaken for me being a bitch. For me, I would never intentionally be bitchy to a fan of mine or the show ever. Yeah. For no reason.
0: How do I put this? Since RuPaul's Drag Race has come out and drag has gone into the mainstream, I have seen more of a, I won't say competitive, but a judgment feel from the typical person on the street who watches the show. How do you handle that queen that comes over and goes, the shoes would have been better if they were glitter, girl, or you should have had glitter on your eyebrows, or everyone thinks they're an expert now?
1: Yeah. Well, I would be shocked if somebody actually came in person and said, Anything that they say online to me or any of the queens. Because that's the thing. They don't usually say it in person. And they would never say it in person. But they will go beep, 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 and type it and send it. I don't know what typewriter makes that noise. But, you know. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> I thought that was that- a special <laughs> typewriter you had. Yeah, just. <laughs> he makes that noise, I like, don't know. Okay. Uh, um, they've got that keyboard courage. And they're like, And I think one of the negative sides of Drag Race is that in the show, we read each other a lot. And I think people think that they're reading, but they don't know how to read, which reading for anyone that doesn't know is the art form of, how would we phrase it? Catty observations. of Catty another observations. Per-
0: catty observations of another person.
1: Yeah. That are generally true, close-ish. close-ish. <laughs> but funny. Yeah. Like that's the thing. It's got to have a little snark, a little humor to it. A little bite. Otherwise it's not, it's not good. Exactly. And people online don't realize that or I hope some of them are just assholes. That's really just what it is. They sit there. They don't have a life. They're not doing anything or they're like a teenager. That's why I try not to engage because I'm like, oh my God, I do not need to be an adult yelling at a teenager. It's our social media culture that they feel like they can just be assholes. Drag Race now has that fan base and some of them can get really really nasty and it's like you're going against what RuPaul says and yeah. everything. Like RuPaul has literally said stop doing this. Like oh, she geez. said it on the show. She said it at one of the finales she made a long speech about it. So.
0: Oh wow. That was the one thing about RuPaul's DragCon. I thought it was just going to be all a bunch of RuPaul's Drag Race fans and it's going to be all of RuPaul's Drag Race and da da da. But when I got there they were like families and yeah. and grandmas with their grandchildren and <laughs> purple wigs and really feminine boys with their mothers walking around with their glitter on their eyes. And I was <laughs> like, whoa, DragCon wasn't just about drag queens and wigs and dresses and heels, but it was more about self expression and a freedom of what drag brings to the table. Yeah. And that really changed my mind on what RuPaul is doing and what DragCon is doing because I thought that was just a commercialization of drag and, you know, we were underground before, so it's changed. And now I look at the queens who do the show, especially from the first, second, and third season, around the fourth season, there was a switch and it went to this whole other direction, which I liked, but there was an organic feel in the first three seasons of Jack Grace, of of the girls that came on. And I think that's why you, Angina, Raja, even after your season's over, there's a sustainability that you brought to the
1: table throughout that. What keeps you grounded? Definitely my boyfriend keeps me grounded because he doesn't treat me any different and wouldn't and often tells me if I'm being (laughs) a spoiled brat or a bitchy. And I do have friends that would really be like, Simmer down now, girl. Simmer down. Yeah, You're being crazy. But I think also that I still have this questioning self esteem that keeps me grounded because I'm always like, oh God, am I good enough? Am I doing the right? Am I that? So it's trying to make myself better and continue to grow as an artist. So I think that keeps me. I think that keeps me grounded too because i have never. I don't ever go, oh, I'm fucking amazing. I've done it all. But, you know, honestly, you should say that to yourself sometimes because you should be able to tell yourself that you're amazing. It doesn't have to be ego-driven. Here's a subject. Drag phobia. That's a term
0: I've coined within the (laughs) LGBT community where the gays love who you are, but they would never date you. Or you're too much like a woman, so therefore they don't want to be around you kind of deal. Right. Have you experienced that before drag race, after drag race?
1: Oh, yeah. All the time. We've always used to say drag queens are like car accidents. Everyone wants to see one. No one wants to get involved in one. Mm. So, yeah. Because the gay culture, well, our society in general, frowns on effeminate men. Mm-hmm. And there's this whole masculinity thing. And that's really what it all stems from. Because it's just... It's hard being a working woman. <laughs> and I think that, yeah, I mean, I definitely had an issue dating. A lot of times they do just think that you want to be a woman or you are a woman or you're too effeminate. For some drag queens, that's true and so but. Yeah. And some Have drag you queens do want to be women. defending
0: yourself, defending your drag?
1: I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure I did.
0: Have you ever hit in your drag? Like when somebody was coming over oh, or yeah, something? Yeah, all the time. Did you really?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I D drag you drag de- de- if de- the chick's de- coming over. You de- de- drag
0: the tricks coming over. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's almost like degain the house before the parents come over.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, you
0: know, degain the house and stuff.
1: Well, I don't know if you're up for a little romancing and all you see is like wigs and makeup and dirty pantyhose. I may not. That's <laughs> probably not a turn on for most people. Even I'm a drag queen and I don't want to have see sex. See it all over the place. Like looking at my wig or, oh my God, there's my pantyhose. So
0: <laughs> there it is. Do you miss when drag was underground?
1: No, because I make more money.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> like a true well, a true demon. True.
1: And also I think it's good for all drag queens because they're doing better and local shows are busier and Do you think there's a saturation? Yes. Everybody's doing drag now. Yeah, you can't can't do (laughs) it. Stop. Stop. (laughs) I don't need any more competition. (laughs) No more seasons of Drag Race.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Cut it off right now.
1: This
0: is Back Chat with Miss Barbecue, your friendly neighborhood drag queen, and we're here in the studio with Pandora Box. Drag was always seen as a hobby. Drag was always oh, seen yeah. as you do it for fun, you do it for the kikis or at Halloween or yeah. kind of deal. But now this is a career. Well it the- can be a profession. Yeah. Someone asked me last night at a party, what do you do for a living? This is what I do for a living. I'm a professional drag queen. No, really, what do you do for a living? No. This is what I do for a living. Years ago,
1: that just wasn't wasn't yeah. the case. I still get asked that too. Do you, <laughs> do you do anything else? No. Do you think I have time to do anything else? Are you fucking crazy? No. Do you want me to give you my schedule? Right, right,
0: right. Um, Again, there's that whole thing of this isn't a serious business. This this isn't a serious thing. You're going to eventually stop and you're eventually going to produce or become a dad or, you know, oh, children. Oh, No. No.
1: No. (laughs)
0: You don't want children? No, no children. No,
1: no. You're engaged? Yes, we've been engaged for like five years. <laughs> you gotta be, you oh, got engaged in what 2010? Like, yeah, right. Well, like six years now. Six years now. Oh my god! Is there it's so a terrible. wedding? Is there a wedding date in the works? <laughs> or? No, there's there. Yes, there will be. He proposed to me on Christmas at my sister's house, and I wasn't expecting it. And and actually, he didn't really propose. He just had the ring. Well, he gave me a cock ring in the morning (laughs) as a gift. And I opened it. The color was the cock ring. And I looked at it, and I was like, okay. And he's like, I'm just kidding. And then switched out and gave me a ring ring. And I'm like, oh. And then I cried. And then he didn't really even ask me. And then later on, he's like, I realized I didn't even really ask you. And I'm like, it's fine. It's yes. And then we moved to Los Angeles.
0: How have you both gotten used to California?
1: It's very different and traffic nightmare, complete nightmare. And also it was hard to create relationships with people because everybody that I knew has a crazy schedule. So it was kind of like, and especially all the drag race girls that I know that are here, they've got crazy schedules and they're always working. So it was hard to really get some type of social life. Mm -hmm. Whereas uh, my boyfriend Ian was here and working and meeting people. And so he kind of created his little friend bubble, I don't yeah, know if it's a bubble, but you yeah. know, whatever. And so he adjusted easier. And then it's taken me a while, but I like it now.
0: Do you have a hard time trusting?
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you answered that just as quick as children. Yeah. No, you have a, a hard time trusting. It's like those opas. These are the things I know for certain. <laughs> right, right, right. No, I don't want kids. Yes, yes I are... don't like to trust. <laughs> or I can't trust people. Can't
0: trust people. Have you found yourself trying to work on that?
1: Um, or have you found it to your advantage? No, I actually have not because <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of assholes. And especially in L.A., I think you have to have your guard up a little bit. And when I say that I don't trust people, like I don't have like this big, huge wall. But there is that little bit of, oh, okay, now is this person being real real? or they being real fake? fake real or what do they do? There's that moment that I have. But generally, I feel like I'm old enough. I've been around people enough. I'm usually a pretty good judge of character where they're coming from. I have met a lot of amazing people in LA that I know are real. And so I'm very lucky that I feel like I've gotten to know a lot of really genuine, nice people.
0: What is something that people will be surprised to learn about you? You seem very open in our conversations that we've had. Although people have told me that Pandora Box does come across
1: guarded. We're drag queens and we are gay. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be. And I actually grew up getting picked on every day. That's sometimes why my guard is up because it's still that residual kind of thing. And also being a gay man and living this gay life, you never know what's coming for you
0: that sounds exhausting
1: it is exhausting and actually maybe this has been a cathartic journey barbecue and maybe (laughs) i'm realizing saying it that that probably is the big thing that i probably don't need to do as much as i did before you live and you learn Mm -hmm. and i think that i don't know i was never really about labels or anything i feel like it pigeonholes us into certain things But when I learned about gender fluidity, as soon as I heard that description, I'm like, oh my God, that's me. That's me. Yeah. I was like, that's it. Like, that... Where was this like some little years ago? Yeah. It was, was <laughs> like, non existent. So labels are good in that fact that it can help you. And it did. I read that and I was like, no, that's just what I am. It's kinda of like a weight was lifted off of me do that you... I didn't even know was still there. Because things that happened in your childhood can still affect you later in life. You're like, oh shit. Really? I'm not over <laughs> this yet. <laughs> do you feel like you're still coming into your own? I do, although I feel like that I should have. <laughs> Happened already. I think it's this business, too, that kind of prevents you a little bit because you constantly have to keep going and evolving and changing. And it makes it a little harder. Yes,
0: absolutely. Oh, my goodness. This has been such a wonderful experience talking to you. This is one of those moments that I've always wanted to dive into with another queen and really dig deep on why we do what we do and um I think you are so talented
1: please go to pandorabox.com there's two X's in box thank you cause
0: X marks the spot (laughs) this has been Back Chat with Miss Barbecue your friendly neighborhood drag queen and we will end the show with a beautiful song by Miss Pandora Box called Different I'm different you're different
2: we're different We're different, that's what people say But different in what kind of way So different size is large and bitch she's in charge That's what people say But different in what kind of way